Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Shank, and welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. As always, Corey in the corner. What's up, big dog? What's up, everybody? Listen, giveaways are in full effect. Uh, last week, we had a full outfit we were giving away. Oh, yeah. We have the winner. We're going to announce them here at the end of the show. We got new gear today. Look, we got, we got like some it. of the hats that are about to go on sale. Uh, tomorrow, we got the shirts from Victim to Victor. Tell everybody what it says. Don't call it a comeback. It's on the back, too. Which is... Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> Uh, gear will be available tomorrow night. The shop goes live at 6 p.m. You go to brandonshank.com or you go to palmschurchonline.com. All of the proceeds from these stores are going to campuses all over. So as um, to give you a bigger picture, I, I think I should let them in a little bit. So yeah. To give you a bigger picture, kind of how this works. Um, you know, when we were coming out of COVID, God was very clear to me. He said, hey, I'm going to give you an online church with a physical location. It was very clear that God was going to use our broadcast and those things to really do more. And we have since had churches that have come to us and said, hey, we don't have anybody here. There's no pastors here. Would you be willing to take this campus and make like a broadcast location? And so there's a vision for us that God's been giving us. Essentially, people have come to us and given us campuses in other states. And so this is a way for us to help launch those campuses. Um, it's a way for you to invest in, you know, wear the gear, man, bring people to church, whether it's online or in person. And then as we continue to grow, hopefully we have campuses all over where people can come and find community and um, go to church, have a great time together and uh, have something great for their kids uh, and uh, be a part of their community. And we can do as much as we can from here to provide a great environment for them. And so all the merch sales go to that. Um, and that's going to be consistent. We're going to do merch hopefully all the time. That's the goal, yeah. Um, and to continue to to do that as things grow. So, so invest, man. It's it's changing people's lives. I like it. Yeah. Um, hey, Nuggets won the NBA championship. I, you know, you said you watched it. Uh, yeah, I watched it. Uh... <laughs> Is that legal? <laughs> so I don't. Whatever. Come find me. But uh, <laughs> don't. Do I that. don't have TV. But uh, so I watched it on TikTok. I mean, how is it illegal? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how it's illegal. I mean, I know NBA part. has streaming rights, but if, if maybe the person streaming it, I don't but, know the laws when it comes to that. I would think the yeah. person streaming it, but the person watching it, yeah, I don't know. Thank you for the person on TikTok. That yeah, you know, uh, years ago, whenever um, Manny Pacquiao fought, uh, Manny Pacquiao fought. Um, my gosh, why can't I think of this? Did I have too much caffeine this afternoon? <laughs> maybe uh, Mayfield. Mayweather, Mayfield, what in the world? Manny Pacquiao <laughs> fought Floyd Mayweather, and I didn't have uh, pay per view, and so I watched. I don't remember what on the online I saw that on. Um, it was somebody streaming something. I saw parts of that and see the whole thing, but I remember I was up at like one thirty in the morning trying to see a part of it to see who won. Um, you know, eventually Floyd Mayweather went into his defensive position, ended up getting Manny Pacquiao over how many rounds, and yeah. Um, but hey, you know, uh, so Messi is coming to Miami. I didn't know Leo that. Messi. Can you believe that? Leaving all of the soccer world to come to us. Wow. You know, a lot of people say, well, this is where those soccer stars come to die. You know, their careers come to die. <laughs> but I don't believe that. I think Messi's making a brilliant decision. I think he knows the influence. This sounds like something an ignorant American would say. Okay. But I think he knows where the money is and the influences. And I think he knows yeah. his brand coming to America. He's 35. He's still got it. I mean, he's. they say he's not what he used to be. Well, he did just win a World Cup. It's a pretty big deal. Um, and I think at his age, he's still good. He's still, uh, he's still good enough to where he comes over and plays here. He's not going to look awful, but as he does, 
go down in his ability to play as his athleticism maybe wanes a little bit. He'll be much better in the MLS than he'll be yeah. over in you know any of these leagues um, overseas. So I don't know. I think it's a brilliant decision. I think they say he's going to get a part ownership stake. Particularly, they haven't come out with the details of um, the agreement, but I think he's going to get a probably ownership stake in Miami. I think it's uh, David Beckham. I think he's that's the team he owns okay. or is a part owner of. So there's a lot of connection there. I personally think it's a brilliant move. I think marketing wise, you're at this place in your career, you're still good. You can come over and dominate in the league. Um, maybe he wouldn't dominate over there for Barcelona. I don't know, yeah. you know, but I know that he's still really good. And so I think it'd be great for him. I think it's a great move personally because cool. I think he's going to build a great brand here. You yeah. know, I think a lot of people know him, but you know, Americans football here means something different than it means overseas. Football here means, you know, the Los yeah. Angeles Rams. It means the Washington commanders. It means the Carolina Panthers. It means new England Patriots. People argue that it doesn't, but we all know in America, football means something very different. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's still soccer here. And so I think he could really help bring football here. You know, he's an amazing athlete. Oh, he's yeah. got a cool story. So I yeah. love it, man. I love that he's coming. Messi, welcome to America, baby. Glad you're yeah. here. So we get we get Messi and then NASCAR goes to France to Is that race what's in Le, Le Mans. It already happened, yeah. NASCAR. Did you hear in? about that? No. So there's this beautiful picture of uh so the Le Mans race that happens, very famous race that happens in yeah, France. I know I, the, I know about the race. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know we were going to So it's over all there. those crazy sports cars. And they're like yeah. super crazy, like low to the ground, whatever. They're fancy looking and all like GTE classes and stuff. Well, there's basically this famous picture of all these crazy looking cars and there's this gigantic NASCAR in the middle of all of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So NASCAR entered. It's like the first time since like the 70s or something. Oh, it's just they, a NASCAR though. It's a NASCAR, but it's like it's like souped up and everything. It's gotcha. built for that race, the okay. twenty four hour race, and I think Jimmy Johnson drove it. Not that I'm like a huge NASCAR guy or anything, but it was interesting to see. And apparently, up until like towards the end, it was like heading the GTA class. Like it was, oh. it was doing very very see, well. I thought some... NASCAR was taking a race overseas, and no, that's why I was no, like, oh, they, that's, that's a whole other expenditure there for the first time in a really long time. They cool. the, it was What's cool. that movie with? Um, is it? Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, you see that? That was pretty cool. I have cool. not seen it. I heard that was a really pretty good. cool movie for yeah. what it's worth. It's very similar. It's very similar. Like yeah. them going. It. They just wanted to like look. Their whole goal is like we just want to finish. I liked it, but they did a lot better than they thought they would. Yeah, that movie was good. Yeah. It, it was good because I love true stories. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. It was a cool story. Um. So hey, let's go right after. it. Let's go to you asked for it. Oh man, here we go. You just jumping right in. I tried to get all you. the time. You do try and get me. It's like a game that you play now. Yeah. Don't blame me. You asked for it. All right, we got some stuff coming off the gram. We have a question. Who would win a fight between Chewbacca and Harry from Harry and the Hendersons? I'm going to let Corey fill this one because I feel like this is your sweet spot right here. <laughs> I mean, to think about that, that's per first of all, we know there's yeah. a lot of hair everywhere. It's a lot of hair. It's going to be like a bear destroyed a deer. It's okay. going to be a lot of hair. All right, so give me your, who do you think? It's no contest. Chewbacca's winning that all okay. day long. And I think, like, really thinking about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I got, you know, a lot of knowledge on Chewbacca. But Harry and the Hendersons, right? Is that John Lithgow? Is he the actor um, on that show? I think so. I don't know. John but Lith I will say, I feel like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons was just a nice, yeah, so nice, here's, so sweet. So that's immediately what my yeah. brain says. My brain says, not that Chewie can't be nice, but immediately my brain says, if I remember correctly, Harry and the Hendersons, it's essentially Bigfoot. Uh, they find this Bigfoot creature. They domesticate him. He is kind of this like laughable, very lovable kind of like uh clumsy kind of esque character. Never really like mean or ferocious or 
But he's Bigfoot. I do think, though, that I think that Harry is bigger than Chewbacca. I want to say that the actor that played him is like really, really but What tall. is it about Chewbacca that you think would give the advantage? That's Here's what I why. Here's why. Let's get really nerdy for a second. Harry's just living out in the woods, and he joins a family. That's his life. I mean, that's what Harry has done. Chewbacca, he's been through wars. He's intergalactic. There's scenes in, in Star Wars. Well, a scene in Star Wars, many more in the comic books. He's just ripping dudes' arms off easily. That like happened? The, he's ripped yes. people's arms off. Yes. That's morbid. Yeah. Is I mean, it Star Wars? It's Star Wars. It's done in a so, classy way, but... <laughs> I mean, we let kids watch this stuff. Star yeah. Wars, he's ripping your arms off? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really like show much blood or Still, anything, but... It's just, that's morbid, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, wow. But uh, yeah, I think, is, I think Chewbacca has got it easily. I mean, he's Star been... Star Wars is deeper, darker than I thought. He's got a crossbow. He's got a blaster. Like... Okay, let's say weapons down. Chewbacca's still winning, in okay. my opinion. He's well, a fighter. All right, I mean, so let me. I'll preface yeah. it with this: I don't have knowledge on either <laughs> one of these. I know Harry and the Hendersons. I've seen it. I've seen Chewbacca. Not yeah. impressed. All right, this is what I would say. You're not impressed by <laughs> Chewbacca? None of them. I'm not impressed. No, I'm just. Kidding. Oh, okay. This is what I would say. I think Harry's got a mean streak. I don't okay. know why. I just feel like he's got a mean streak. I yeah. agree with everything you said. Yeah. I think he's a domesticated fluffball, but okay. I think he's got. A, he's happy. Which means there's a mean streak deep in there, and yeah. you're gonna. And I think that if he feels like he's defending the family, I feel like he could. He might know something we don't. I mean, he was out in the woods by himself. Who he's knows? not very smart, though. You're right. I don't. I don't think it'll be by any type of. Uh, I'm going for the underdog simply because I think he's got a mean streak that we never saw. And I think going, it exists deep within him. Okay. Yeah, I think he's gonna so snap. You're playing the brute force. I think cards. he's gonna snap on Chewbacca. Gotcha. <laughs> I think Chewbacca will be like, uh oh, yeah. like what I do to this dude. I think you're gonna I have. Mean, a I think you're going to have a bunch of angry Star Wars nerds coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Listen, I understand that, that this choice is extremely unpopular, even yeah. as I say it. Yeah. But I just don't think we can discount the fact that he's got a mean streak in him. And if it happens, there's really no telling what he's going to do. Gotcha. That's all I'm saying. So you just don't think Chewie's mean? Is that no, I think Chewie, gotcha. I think Chewie can, I mean, he's ripping arms off of, of Have folks. you seen a Star Wars movie? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I proved my point. I told you that I was going for the underdog, <laughs> but I gave you a good reason why. That's a legitimate reason. Yeah. A mean streak. You can't discount that. Okay. All right. Let's talk about you for a minute. Okay. All right. I've heard out of your wife's mouth. <laughs> oh, she's gosh. like, I would never want Corey to this. get in a physical altercation. Yeah. But yeah. I would just one time like to see what he's capable of. Yeah, I know. I she I, said that. Yeah. Okay. And that's I, I can't say I disagree with her. Yeah. But what I'm saying is. If there's a guy that's a known mercenary and you have to protect your family, I don't know that my money's not on you. <laughs> well, let's I make think this there personal. Is, there is a there is a size to it. You've never yeah. I've never ever I've seen you play sports. Yeah. I've known you for what, twelve years? Yeah. Something like that. Uh-huh. Ten years. Something. And I've seen you in all different environments, and I've never seen, I've seen you get frustrated, I've seen you get upset, I've never seen a mean streak yeah. of, like, a competitor that's going to rip somebody's arms off, like a Chewbacca. Yeah, 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 But, I would like to know, what's deep down inside of this yeah. giant, lovable man when somebody steps on? Yeah. On the frame of his house with his family inside. I'm just saying. That's where I'm saying I yeah. got Harry. So, so there's like there's like the the Superman phrase where I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's basically like when he fights Doomsday, where he's like, 
I live in a world of glass, and like now I finally get to experience my full potential when he fights Doomsday because Doomsday is really strong. That's I want to experience that. <laughs> I want to experience. Well, if some, there's anybody watching this that yeah. would like to fist fight Corey, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> well, you got to tick him off. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to see that. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's smart. I don't. I don't think. I think you're one of those yeah. guys. I always told so my brother-in-law Adam, right. Yeah. He's always he was he was a skinnier fellow growing up. He's like 150 pounds. He's like, man, I'm so small. I was like, yeah, but bro, if you're in a club and you got a security shirt on, I'm probably more scared of you than I am the guy that's like six foot five, two eighty. Why? Because if they have a security shirt on a guy that's 150, he's probably like, you know, of his black belt <laughs> past the point of he'll yeah, break yeah. something and yeah. rupture his spleen. Yeah, you know what I mean. The thing about Adam is he's fighting dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's. I'm not talking about the person. <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> pound for pound, strongest dude I've ever met. Yeah, but I would say he's got for you. Strength. You're a Harry and the Henderson, and I'm my money's on Harry all day. Okay, I'm so, still going Chewy. Yeah, so I'm just saying. I think Lauren would go with, with Harry, you Harry think? and the Henderson, because I think Maybe. you're Harry, and I think well, she. Would... Here's why Lauren would choose Harry, probably much like you chose Harry, because she's never seen Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's because she's a. It's because we got it going on, man. We know exactly. what's up. Hey, so one we had another question. How much watermelon have you eaten so far this season? None. A lot. Zero. Well, Corey gags with watermelon. I don't, don't eat you? watermelon. L- listen, it's not so much a textures thing with watermelon. I just think it to me to me it just tastes like water. I don't, like it's hard for me to find flavor in watermelon. You just had the wrong watermelons. Maybe. I mean, I've had could be. I've had some this summer already. Oh, I, I would say we've had them for months. My wife is a big watermelon fan. She buys those things and we get them chopped up all the time. Yeah. Um. I don't know how watermelons with seeds are still in business. I don't know how that's still a thing. Because once you eat seedless, you ain't going back. Well, they're probably way healthier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously. They're not genetically modified. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else in the 90s was terrified of swallowing a seed, but I've gagged those things up before thinking this thing's going to grow in me. It's going to grow in your stomach. How, yeah. Why did anybody your ever start that? Gonna explode. That's a morbid thing for a parent to tell it's a kid. Parents, you're in the middle of summer. Yeah. You're enjoying your time wearing your little swim trunks. And you have your little ziggies on so you can float in the water. And you're jumping out of the pool to go get your watermelon. And you yeah. get threatened by your family. If this if this seed hits your stomach, you could grow <laughs> one of these. And you're thinking, well, that's that's terrifying. And then you go to bed thinking, I hope it didn't swallow a seed because it could all be over tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. There's so many myths so that I found is. out about becoming a parent that my parents told me. I'm like, this is a lie. So much of it's yeah. a lie. But the few truths you got to pay attention to, right? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I've eaten a lot, and I like seedless watermelon. My family, we devour it, man. We're watermelon fans. Yeah, I used to put salt on my watermelon. Not really sure why we ever did that, but I don't do that anymore. I don't really like salt anyway, so I'm good with just the sweet. A lot of people do that, though. Yeah, I don't really like it. I like my I like my watermelon sweet. I don't need the salt. You know what I mean? Anyway, all right. Well, hey. So one of the biggest names in country music is Jason DeFord. Do you know what his stage name is? No clue. Give me a guess. I mean, something that Jason you would, D. Uh, <laughs> a food. A food? A delicious food. He, this is his nickname growing up, and this is del- his stage name. Jason DeFord. You got it? Think of something. A country name. You got anything? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a country artist. Biscuits and gravy. I mean, you know what? <laughs> that's not the name, but that's actually a great guess. That's a great guess. That'd be my country name. <laughs> his name is Jelly Roll. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah we talked about, about him before. Okay, so I read an article that I wanted to bring up because this is something that I think is so fascinating. This guy is changing the game. I saw him perform. I want to say that it was a CMAs, and he performed his new song, um, Only Talk to God When I Need to Say a Favor. But I forget the name of the song. Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, anyway, <laughs> his newest album is called Witsit Chapel. And it's named after a church in Antioch, Tennessee, where he yeah. grew up 
And so um, he, he went recently back to church with his daughter, who's 15, hmm. and he, he recorded a new album, and he had 70 songs written. And out of those 70 songs, he kept two of them and rewrote his album. Yeah, wow. And his thing was, if, if, if worship was to God, what would that sound like for him? And his story is amazing. For a decade, he was in and out of jail for crimes from aggravated robbery to drug dealing. And he was baptized in this particular church, spent a lot of time doing, he said he spent a lot of time doing people wrong, going to prison, making a lot of mistakes, turning his life around. And now he's like, I'm a multimillionaire. Yeah. Um, and when he was a kid, he was going to be sentenced over 20 years, but only got over a year. And they were, he said they were talking about giving me more time than I'd been alive. Uh, he said I hadn't hit my last growth spurt and I was charged as an adult before I could buy a beer, lease an apartment, get a pack of cigarettes. He said, I feel like the justice system at that point kind of um, parked, uh, put me on my only set path. So um, it's really fascinating. And he said he recently got denied to live in a community on a golf course because of a felony on his record. And he said, my money is good enough, but I'm not. And so his passion mm. right now is helping kids, helping kids in juvenile. He just put a, a bid on a, a $4 million property in Nashville for a community center that he wants to build. And he says he's high all the time, but it's better than Xanax for his mental health. Uh-huh. And his anxiety, and he said he's cut down on his drinking and stopped taking other harmful drugs that really had a hold of his life, including cocaine and pain pills and codeine. Um, he still takes collect calls from his friends in jail. Uh, he said he'd been to funerals for 30 friends who've all died from drugs. Hmm. Uh, he went to church, uh, and it's, everything started to change for him. And so he said people judged his faith because of his language and marijuana use and his references, and he felt cornered. Because like this is my faith, and he said there was the Christian world that was uh, uh, you know saying things to him like you can't be a Christian and do all these things. Yeah, and basically they're saying he's touching an audience that feels dismissed. Like he'll reach more people. They, the one comment was like he'll reach more people than any pastor in this generation with this type of testimony. Now whether or not that's true, you don't we don't know. But he said this is actually a faith based album, and it's his worship to God. That's cool. Um, so he said whenever I'm done with the circus of music, I want to leave the carnival and be a normal human. That's what I'll do. Hmm. Uh, anyway, it's a very fascinating story. I love his music. Um, he's kind of a rapper, but he's got like a grungy country voice. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but his story, I love. He lived in a van for ten years. He married a woman who was a, a, an adult escort that he credits with giving him. And the reason I tell you that is because he's been judged for all these things. But he yeah. talks about how this this woman um, really helped him get back in his, I guess, back in his daughter's life and just all this stuff. Like his story is so incredible. And the more you hear about it, you can't say, well, in 10 years or 15 years, who cares? Like where he's at right now, I hope he has the greatest future and builds community centers all over the country and is a voice for kids who can't have a voice of their own. I wish this guy the best, man. Yeah. And definitely praying for him because I know the road is hard and I know uh, recovering addicts, it's a hard road people don't understand i've never been a recovering addict with drugs um there's other things in my life that i've had struggles with like anybody else you know um we've all had struggles and we can look at people who struggle with you know cocaine or heroin honestly for some people it just wasn't as available yeah it wasn't in their world but if it was there'd probably be a lot more people that were that are in those types of addictions my addiction Mm -hmm. of choice was pornography it was accessible so if cocaine was accessible would it have been i don't know can't say it wouldn't have been. I don't know. I mean, alcohol, never really my thing. Um, I never really got into substances because I didn't want, I don't like feeling anything but normal. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I've heard drug users say that pornography was as hard to get off of as cocaine. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But what I can tell you is um, we all use stuff to inebriate ourselves, whether that's drinking casually and it always gets a little bit too much. If you have to drink where you have to have a DD, great job for having a DD. But if you, have to, if you know you're going to drink to where you need one, and it's consistent, that's probably a different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think, meaning, I think we all inebriate to a degree and we don't, we don't like to admit it to ourselves that we probably need it. 
Yeah. Whether that's food. There's things, yeah. Things. Yeah. Guilty pleasures. There's always a level of inebriation where it's like, oh, I'm not, uh, you know, we have this self-righteousness. Well, I'm not on cocaine. I'm not on heroin. I'm not in pornography. Yeah, but the way you, what you eat is is medicine. He even said, he's yeah. like, you know, people will look at me because of my weight and think I'm undisciplined. He's like, man, I work 12, 15, 18 hours a week. I'm a multimillionaire. He's like, I'm not undisciplined. He's like, these things are probably connected to other needs in my life. Like, he, he seems very self-aware. It's really cool watching this interview. Like, I was, I was just like, man, this, this dude's, I really respect everything that he's done and the way he's fighting. And he just, told all these artists get out of your ivory towers and come down and help people we need to help people that need help right now and i was like wow what a perspective from somebody who's actually lived it and not it's not there's nothing wrong with being raised on the golf courses and country clubs and on your your dad's yacht but when you've actually lived life it's different Mm. you know what i mean it's just different yeah um so i love his story i love it and I, i just like what he is uh i like what you can see People will always say, well, let's see then, or let's see then. Right now, you can see the hand of God on this guy. Yeah. You can see God moving in his life, and I love him. I love what he represents. I love that he's he's genuine, and he's just so real. Like, um, Shout out, man. Jelly Roll, if you need help with a community center, holler at your boy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do whatever we can, man, to be a part of his dream, because I just believe in it. And uh, I'm grateful for people that are willing to step out and just be themselves without everything around them trying to... Yeah, jack really, it up it's really cool it's an you awesome know. story yeah. yeah how many people i mean just the, the chance of coming out of something like that and then doing what he's doing he lived in a van for 10 years mm-hmm. that's where he met his wife i think it was yeah. vegas where he met his wife wow. and uh 10 years dude lived in his van trying to make it Sheesh. after getting out of prison yeah it's impressive you know mm-hmm. so wit sit wit sit chapel is the name but um anyway I've listened through the album. I listened to it last week. It was good. Nice. You know, I like his music. I like his style. He's kind of does, the guy's hip hop artist on it. He's a rapper. It's pretty cool. So it um, sounds like a cool like blend of things, which is cool. Yeah, and you know what I love about yeah. it, and you you'll understand this as an artist. It doesn't sound like anything you've heard before. It, yeah, I feel like a lot of artists are really talented and they're really great and they write their own stuff. But then when you hear something that hasn't been heard before, a lot of times it's like that artist really knows who they are as a person. Yeah. Now you ever watch American Idol? There's some. Uh, artists on there that are unbelievable they're like some of the most talented people you ever see but you're like I, the exact thing i've told my wife before is like i just don't feel like they've been anywhere yeah like yeah, i don't feel like yeah. they have any gruff to go with their story like i don't I, I don't believe them you don't feel like they've really had it like there was one episode years ago in american idol this girl came off the street and she i don't i don't remember the exact story so some of this may be a little off but it was essentially i think she lived in a church with her family mm. and she helped take care of her brothers and sisters and she was wandering on the street and like not wandering but walking on the street and ran into american idol and did like an outside audition on a whim yeah. and got brought into the judges and sent to hollywood she's an amazing singer and when she sang you could tell like she was like i'm not being trained i'm not a professional yeah. but when she sang you wanted to hear what she had to say and she went far that year yeah um because you just believed her you're like wow there's a story in how she sings and that's yeah. what you feel like with this guy like you you're interested in his story because when he sings you can hear his pain you can hear like this is his worship you can hear these things and be like well he's saying this or doing this and i'm like when are christians going to move away from aesthetics and things that we think people need to do to be christians and when is it going to actually see the heart of people and it's not going to you know what i mean there's yeah. got to be a change yeah. there's got to be i know out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and you know we got to hold people accountable in the church but i think we've missed that man because jesus the way he approached people the kindness of the Lord leads him to repentance. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, it's good. So, and I love this guy's story. So I, I read it. I read something too. It was talking about: Are do you procrastinate? 
Uh, I can. I'm cornering yeah. you with this, by the way. Okay. This, is the corner. <laughs> this is not a welcoming statement. So I'm not really trying to trap you, but I'm trapping yeah. myself a little bit because I, sure. I don't procrastinate in a, I don't procrastinate in a way of like I have so much to do and I don't want to do it. All right. Yeah. I don't procrastinate like that. In fact, I hate that. Um, I hate knowing I have stuff piled up. But what I do find is that when I get locked into stuff, I can focus. But then, like maybe if I'm writing weekend messages or whatever, I'll be doing something and I just cannot focus for more than three minutes. And I'll literally have to read an article or do something else. Like I, I just can't. It's, it's like it, some people say, "Bro, you like you need to take medicine for that." <laughs> yeah. But it feels like not just procrastination, but I can't focus. Like gotcha. there's times I just cannot stay focused for more than a couple minutes. Yeah, I don't have the issue with focus. I have more of like a. Um I'm trying to the best way to explain it. Like if I'm, um, cause I, I get to this place where if I start something, I, I almost have to finish it. Like there's, there's something, especially if it's something I'm really, really interested in. So you're more of a in. finisher than a starter. I'm, yeah. So I'm more of like a, like sometimes let's say we're doing like a house project or something with my, I kind of like, <laughs> this is kind of the, the battle sometimes between me and my wife is we're currently doing a project. Her mind starts spinning with, the next project and other projects and i'm like whoa 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 whoa, i gotta finish this project i can't even it's almost like i don't even want to think about that project until this one's done she's a starter she's a starter yeah. i'm probably i'm yeah i'm probably probably like that hey yeah. once she might help me get things started yeah. and then once i start them i'm like well i'm gonna finish it i don't yeah. want to leave it half done that's basically. that's my wife that's case she's a finisher i'm a starter yeah um and it's not always like that, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll finish things. It takes more work. But I was reading this thing, and it was saying procrastination, pro- productivity, or actually, if you struggle with those things, it can be connected to childhood trauma. Yeah. I, I was amazed. It. And so this is what it said. It said, if we slow down, we have to think. Mm. And it said, things in childhood have not been fully processed. And if we have a strong emotional response when asked to do something, this sometimes develops a as a response to fear or failure from childhood. Yeah. I believe Isn't that it. crazy? A strong emotional response when asked to do something, it can be developed as a response of fear of failure from childhood. Like, that's crazy to me. Um, And it says, children who grew up having their emotional needs met and were loved, supported and encouraged to take risks, don't feel fear of failure. Why can I not talk? It says they don't (laughs) fear failure. And it says, in contrast, if you grew up in a family where love was earned and support was in short supply, you're more likely to assume that any failure reflects your flawed status as a human being Hmm. Instead of a mistake or miscalculation, and then um, I don't know. For me, you know, I was diagnosed with childhood PTSD and you know sexually abused and all those things. And not, I'm not saying that as a write off. I'm saying it in contrast to I def I can relate to quiet moments in what you don't want to hear. And I used to think that was God. So I didn't want to quiet down because I didn't want to hear what the Lord had to say is what I felt like. Yeah. But the reality was I didn't want to quiet down because I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with things. Yeah. What God had to say was always comforting and graceful and encouraging and loving and peaceful. But I didn't want to slow it down to hear it because I I think I was afraid of what those things would be. And I think a lot of us, hence, let's go back to what we just said with the addictions and everything. I think the reason a lot of, nobody has an addiction because they want an addiction Everybody is trying to mask pain, get away from hurt, deal with trauma. Yeah. Say, well, they were a good kid. They just fell into it. Let's get real. Mm-hmm. There's always something we're trying. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't even know why it would be. I just like the the stuff. It's like, well, why were you even trying it if if you had everything you needed? Yeah. If you already had everything you needed, you wouldn't have been doing that stuff. Everything is inebriation. You know, everything is a substitute for the Holy Spirit which brings all this. We just don't realize it. Yeah. He brings the peace. He brings the joy. He brings the, 
the freedom from the pain. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's, you know, kind of thinking about that, I feel like there's a balance, um, because I feel like I'm almost the opposite. Now I, I've not walked through what you've walked through in your life, but there's definitely, you know, been, uh, an uncovering of things in my past that I've had to walk through and work through. Um, but yeah, I wasn't. So I think like from your perspective, it's like, go, 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 go. Don't slow down because if I slow down, I have to deal with these things. I feel like the way I interpreted that was I almost passed the slow down threshold that I slowed down so much that it was in my like slowing down and turning off that that was my form of stuffing everything. That was like, I'm going to turn off so much that I don't, I don't even go. I don't even like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, vegging out playing video games or watching TV. It's like, it's so much of a slowdown that I didn't even keep myself active. It's kind of just like a, I numbed myself by avoiding like everything basically rather than keeping myself busy. I almost was like, I don't even want to be busy. I'm just going to sit here and play video games or this, that, and the other. And that was my form of kind of stuffing those things and not dealing with them. So I guess in some ways it is kind of like filling the space. Well, would you say that things. slowing down, you were slowing down, but you were filling it. Yeah. Like you were filling, filling it. Video games and other things. Would you say, would that be the same as a procrastination in way of like, I don't want to let my mind wander or is that a way of like, I'm vegging and I just don't want to think about things or. I think for me, there was so much of, I didn't even know there was so much of, but that's the key. What you said. Yeah. None of us I do. didn't know, but nobody knows. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing is it, identifying it. You got to heal to even identify it. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. That's not where you start. Yeah. It's a part of a process to where, okay, I now realize like there's yeah. a lot of stuff in here. I realized even what I was doing to stuff. Like, I didn't view those things as stuffing anything. Like what? Give us some examples. Well, literally, like, you know, whether it was video games or, you know, I was the guy that was, you know, just watching movies or what, rather than, like, sitting down and maybe talking to somebody or talking to my wife or communicating. You know, I was the guy that would come home and be like, how was work? Oh, it was good, whatever. But you just like, wouldn't talk. I just wouldn't talk yeah. about it. Like, and what I realized through counseling is that a lot of it to do with kind of my upbringing, a lot of it to do with being a middle child, a lot of it to do with kind of, um, I don't know, a lot of things that, again, I didn't even realize were there. Like almost like my upbringing, it's not an excuse for me stuffing things, but my upbringing almost cultivated an environment that made it easy for me to become a stuffer. And it wasn't until, you know, recently that I've realized all of these things and I've realized these social dynamics in my childhood and my upbringing and even what has come about, how I've kind of become those things where I've now started to recognize, oh, that's emotional stuffing. That's stuffing. Oh, that's so now it's almost keeping myself in check where I don't go back to those things because they're natural to me. That is my natural state. And so now there's this checks and balances that I have kind of my life um, and my wife now being aware of those things too, where I kind of have to keep myself in a place where I'm not emotionally stuffing um, things I'm walking through, things I'm dealing with. Like I just wouldn't talk about anything. Life was just like, oh yeah, whatever. And I thought that I was easygoing. You like, thought it was a personality. Yeah, I thought my personality is just, well, I just let things roll off my back and whatever. They don't really, but no, really, I'm just stuffing them to the point where I don't even feel emotions. 
And then, you know, over the last, whatever, eight months, all these emotions have come out and cause I have never dealt with them. Like well, I've never. And one thing I know about you is that you're a very emotional person. Yes. You're a creative, you're yeah. a feeler, right? And when you said, I, and I think this is for a lot of people listening, they may feel like their personality is just a part of how they've dealt with things. Yeah. And what we're trying to say and what you're telling them is no, like the, until you understand that there is something on the front end, you won't realize that that's actually not a part of your personality. Yeah. That's just a way you're actually coping with trauma or coping with uh, how you've been told to do things. You don't even realize what you're doing. Yeah. Right. And I think. Um, there was times when I went through my healing, I mean, there was a five year period where and I was a grown man with kids, right? This wasn't me. And I mean, you're in the same place, yeah, but yeah. I would just find myself crying and I would, mm-hmm. I would, I was like, Lord, what is wrong with me? I feel like I'm falling apart. And God gave me this picture of like a boil for the lack of better words <laughs> yeah. where you push down on it and all the infection comes out. Yeah. But then the further you push more infection comes out and he showed me, he's like, Brandon, these are just layers to your, to your pain. Like this isn't a bad thing and that you're falling apart and having an emotional breakdown. This is, this is another layer of infection coming yeah. out of you. Mm-hmm. And it was a release that I felt. And then o- over time, those things slowly st- just kind of stopped happening because the infection was gone yeah. for the most part. doesn't mean you can always go back to that place where the infection was and see the scar. And I think that's what makes God so powerful is because you can say God healed that scar. Mm-hmm. He was the reason that I can look at that and it means God's healing and not my pain. Yeah. Uh, but I think in in your case, in this, what you're talking about, you're seeing that it took you maybe even safe to say years after going through things before you realized there was a problem yeah. or there was not that there wasn't a problem. You knew there was a problem mentally and physically, but you're saying, no, it was years before you realized there's something here that isn't actually my personality. It's actually keeping me from my personality. Yeah. It's keeping me from who I really am. Absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't until again, I know I, I, you know, I, I, you know, if we want to talk labels or whatever, but you know, I, it was a doctor that said I had PTSD probably from something in my childhood, but it, it took me so long, even when you hear that, because I, you know, I wasn't sexually abused or anything like that, but it, it took me months even to a believe that because I had almost found myself in such a place of disbelief of like, well, there's no, there's no way, there's no way that, and, and, and you, you uncover kind of, yeah, these layers and, and then you, when you finally a accept that and then B start working on that, that I feel like, yeah, all of these, just like you're talking about these layers of infection that start coming out. And I think you, you do begin to see the beauty of how God works and operates through those things because not only does God, yes, speak to those things spiritually, but I think there's such a beauty when you recognize the connection of what God is doing spiritually, what he's doing emotionally, and what he's also doing physically in your mind. Like there's a level of the beauty of who God is. He speaks to all of those things as you're walking through this process. And so when you are able to connect the dots between what is what God is speaking spiritually, and that is also what your physical brain has to do to uncover these layers of hurt, there's a beauty to that. There's like a wow, like you we didn't are even know it existed. We're beautifully and wonderfully yeah. made, it and is. that's and that's a great picture. Yeah, it's a great picture because I can't. I had so I know you've alluded to it. You've said it multiple times. I wasn't sexually abused or anything, yeah. right? And we always think our abuse or our trauma 
well, almost like we don't have a right to be where we're at because yeah, of it. Yeah. And that's what trauma does. It mm-hmm. makes you feel like that's what victimizing does. It makes you feel like, well, my situation wasn't as bad. And so I shouldn't have this much of a struggle. Yeah. And I can tell you, I was like 20, 28 when I realized I had been sexually abused. And I had, I was on my way to work and I stopped on, and I, I called one of my mentors. I said, hey, I just had a reality. Mm. I realized just now that this happened to me in my life on multiple occasions for years. And. Yeah. Even to the point where people tell me they've been sexually abused, I'm like, oh, well, theirs is much worse than mine. I don't even know their story. Yeah. But that's what victimizing yeah. does. Yeah. Makes you feel like you don't really have one. And I think we're in a culture where everybody's a victim of something. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a part of it where, and I think, honestly, it's because everybody has a lot of pain that we've always written off and said, suck it up, move on with life, not realizing <laughs> yeah. you got to deal with life. Yeah. Like we've always been told, don't deal with it, just run through it, steamroll it. Well, here we have people that are in their 40s and 50s raising kids that are now broken because their parents never got healed. And their parents, whether they're alcoholics or they're multiple times married and it, violent marriages that mm-hmm. the kids had to witness or just emotionally disastrous uh, in homes that these kids are coming out of. I think we have to recognize people need help. And I think the reason I love Jelly Roll's story is because he's somebody who's saying, guys, I'm not I'm not in tip-top shape as a human, but this is what God's doing in my life. Yeah. And it's not a matter of the beginning or the end. It's just where I'm at right now. And I think that's what we could say is like we're not in tip-top shape, but we're God's doing amazing things in our life. Yeah. You know, he's, he's doing miracles in our life. Um, and that there are things connected. I think we can go, I, I don't use what I've been through as an excuse. I use it as, and it, I don't use it as an excuse. I use it as something where I can look back and say, man, only God. He's been so mm-hmm. faithful. Yeah. You know? Oh, so yeah. I'm grateful. So for all you listen, if, you, if you're willing, share your stories or how can we pray for you? Send them in. I'd love to, um, you know, just, they won't be on, we won't put them on the show. We won't put them on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, just want to know if there's a way yeah. we can pray for you. Let us know things you've been through, questions you have. If you're like, hey, th- this isn't for the podcast, but if you can answer them, I'll be more than happy to get back to these questions and, and do what we can to... Um, point you in the right directions because these are big things and a lot of people aren't talking about it mm-hmm. i know it seems like it is because society and the press always says it is but these things aren't they we could talk about mental health on here every day yeah every week for the rest of the existence of this podcast for the next 40 years and it wouldn't be enough yeah there's still there's still a, an there's aspect a of you 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 struggle in silence yeah, there's absolutely. A yep. People will tell you, well, we're here, but they really do. They think differently. Yeah. I've been very public about mine because I don't want people to kill themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I want people to get help. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's the only reason I'm where I'm at. That is the only reason. I've done all the breathing techniques. I've done all the psychological stuff. Is it good? Yes. Are the techniques good? Yes. Yeah. Is the psychologist good? Absolutely. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit is the thing that has got me where I'm at. Yeah. He's the only one that's brought me peace like that. He's the only one that settles the storm. It's it. And the Bible says we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities. So if you have a heart attack, do you need to go to a doctor? Yes. If you have mental health problems, do you need to go to a doctor? Yes. Mm-hmm. But realize that we struggle not against flesh and blood. Yeah. We don't struggle against the flesh and blood. There's more to it. And so don't leave that yeah. part out because that's the most powerful part. You need all the other stuff, but that's the most powerful part, you know? Oh, yeah. Remember last week we talked about the restaurant industry, and I, I saw that <laughs> sign, and it said, if yeah. you consume more than 25% of whatever it is you purchase, you can't get a refund. And I yeah. was like, come on, people, we can do better. Yeah. Well, I had somebody this week I was talking to that listened to the podcast, and um, they said, hey, man, they started sharing me stories from, they're in the restaurant industry, yeah. one of my good buddies, and he said, um, 
he said uh, one of the craziest stories he had was somebody left their child at a restaurant once. Oh, gosh. And he had to run outside to give it to him. <laughs> he said, to their credit, it was their second child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is he why said, I have problems. Yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said he ran it out to them. And he said, and they were like, oh, okay, thank you. Like, they just, <laughs> like, it's like they forgot their doggy so bag. So nonchalantly. Yeah, I forgot yeah. my doggy bag. Here's oh, your kids. My yeah, bad. My bad. Hey, yeah. babe, did you get the tater tots? Oh, dang it. And Joey. <laughs> oh, Joey. And the tater tots. So wait, you said Joey and the tater tots. Got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he said he had to run the kid out. He said the kid was just sitting there in the booth, ran the kid out, and the parents were like, oh, thank you so much. And they put him in the car and took off. Jeez. I don't even know how to, no, I don't like, really know, how do you, I don't even know how to talk about that. No freak out moment or anything? No. Yeah. He said it was like a, oh, that, that but, I knew we forgot something. It's kind of, segues into maybe a funny story. So we were, <laughs> I laugh about it now. It wasn't laughable then. Um, so we were in Outer Banks two years ago and, uh, we were all in a store. One of those like old time photo, photo, like kind of places, vintage photo places. And so we were all in there and we were kind of like waiting. They had just done the pictures and we were kind of like waiting everything. And so I had, it was my family, my in-laws, my brother and sister-in-law, their family were kind of all in the store. I, I tell my wife, Hey, I gotta go to the bathroom, you know, I go to the bathroom. So. I just let them know, and I start walking out. And so I'm in the bathroom. I'm in the stall, and my wife is frantically texting me, where's Aiden? Where's Aiden? We don't know where Aiden is. And so, like, I, I'm i texting back, like, I don't know. Like, I, he didn't come with me. I told you guys I was going to the bathroom. So you're, or you say you're in the stall. I'm guessing you're on the toilet. I'm on the toilet. <laughs> so you're so out part of, of the story is, That's the yeah. funny part. That's why I want to yeah. make sure people understand the, the stigma. Yeah, I'm not. I am not available. <laughs> Uh-huh. Fair enough. But and in fact, you were in a store and you had to make yeah. it, make it work. You know, it was an emergency. So to make matters worse, yeah, there's, you know, again, my wife is freaking out. So I'm, I'm, you know, emotionally obviously invested in that. My, my kid, I, you know, I think there's a side of your dad who's like, look, he couldn't have gone far. He's not. Yeah. But my wife's brain is thinking someone took him. He's gone forever. And I get that. I get it. So I'm trying to figure this out. I'm like, oh, he's not with me. And so literally like. It's maybe not. I mean, it's maybe like eight, ten minutes, and I'm texting my wife, and I hear in the bathroom, and I go, "That is my stinking child <laughs> in the stall next to you." He, he walked, he walked behind me the entire length that I had to walk to go to this restroom out in these shops at Outer Banks, and just sat down on the floor in the bathroom. Was it the outlets? Oh uh, yeah, that little yeah, light. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, he was just sitting in the bathroom with me. But my wife, my so my, I, literally when I said he's in here, I text my wife. She, I mean, she came in the bathroom. Like, it was like ten seconds. She physically came in the bathroom, like weeping in tears. Grabbed wow. Aiden, scooped him up. And, well, nobody knows it like a mom. Yeah, that's the reality. So the moms are different, man. They they got a different instinct. Yeah, those those you know? fun moments. You were sitting there. You were sitting there pooping, bro, and your kid was right in front of you. I didn't even know, dude. I just heard him <laughs> sigh. I Clearly mean, a sigh of like this hey. is taking too long, Dad. <laughs> It's been a long day when it comes to these topics. It has. Been. We've had a long day in the office. We've had a very interesting day, say the least. Oh man. Um, well, the good news is Aiden's found. He is. He's got a great mullet coming in. He's he's got a baseball mullet for it's sure. It's a great yeah. mullet, you know. Um, you know, and I'm glad everything got taken care of. It's a great story. Lord, yeah, thanks for not, Karen, Corey. How you know, do you? How do you? I get not, it. Yeah, but he's how do you be like, oh, bear. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for bringing him back to us. I don't know. Well, Drive the funnier, funnier story was he was telling me that something else people did. He said, bro, he said people ordered like a burger and they ate it. And then they they put two McDonald's burger patties 
in the burger. So when they came back, they're like, "This can we get our money back? Oh, so they actually invested gosh. in a fraud. So they went and bought McDonald's burgers and put the patties inside of the burger that they bought at the restaurant. Yeah. So it looked like they got, they didn't eat it. Yeah. That's so desperate. I mean, how, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like you invested. Yeah. You, you're basically just trying to save a couple bucks because you bought something to save money on something. That's intense. That's yeah. super intense. That's, la- that's inception. Right there. I'm that's- just wondering a, are they that tight, or B, are they just trying to be smooth? Yeah, I'm trying to think this through. If you're that like, tight and you can afford McDonald's burgers, I'm thinking you're not probably concerned about going to get an Angus beef burger somewhere. Yeah, and knowing my experience <laughs> with McDonald's, McDonald's I burgers, yeah. I mean, they're they're the size of a quarter anyway, so. Well. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but. It's not a quarter So pounder, there you go, restaurant industry, thanks for all that you do. It's a different world out there, man. All right, so here's final thought. Here's my final thought. Our winner is. Can I get a drum roll up in this piece? In this place. The winner is for the giveaway for the Palms Gear, the full outfit, Instagram handle, Better With Bulls. Welcome. Welcome, Better With Bulls. So grateful. We will be reaching out to you on Instagram. We will be giving you all this. Yeah, here we go. We'll be sending this to you. I want to thank everybody who participated in it. It was a great participation. uh, Great giveaway. Tons of people involved. So much fun. There may be more coming to you tomorrow night at 6 p.m., meaning Thursday, the 15th of June at 6 p.m. The shop will be live at 6 p.m. There is, I do want to say this in preface, there are, I don't like the word limited quantities because it sounds like we didn't produce a lot. That's not the right word. But there are a select quantity. So yeah. once we hit that, everything will be back ordered. Get it while it's hot. And get it while it's hot because the <laughs> orders are going to fly fast. We already have merchandise going out. Yeah. And it hasn't even gone on sale yet. Yeah. So trust me. Get it quick. The website, the shop will be open, brandonshank.com or palmschurchonline.com. When you click on either one of those, click, yeah. you'll, you'll go right to the – there will be stuff all over for the shop. Go to the shop. Um, everything's there. Make it happen. Make it work. We're excited about this. Everything is custom. Um, everything is custom. Everything is hand done in the entire shop. Yep. Super pumped about it. Uh, from the designers, I want to give a shout out to Desert Rose Creatives, who's been behind everything from the swag bags to the uh, the merchandise to the marketing and um, to our own uh, Corey in the Corner for all of his designs. This is a great launch. Yeah. I mean, this is happening, man. This is the way we wanted it. We've been building this thing for a couple of weeks, a couple months, and it's just been it's been awesome. I can't wait for everybody to oh, see yeah. it. I can't wait for you guys to get the products in your hands. They're great, great material. Um, even like the the sweatshirts and the hooded sweatshirts we made them for like spring and fall, so they're a little thinner, so you can wear them year round. Like yeah. we put detail into this. Um, some of the shirts have the tagless, but they have like the palms tag on them. They're just it's cool. Everything yep. that's done, you're gonna get a little couple little extra things with your orders. Just a way Ooh. to put stuff in your hands. Yeah, just a way to get it in your hands. Every all the packaging is specific. So we're excited. Everything is uh, kind of like boutique style. You know, oh, yeah. when you get it, you'll have it'll all have special packaging with stuff inside as well. Uh, today, I don't know how many, but um, I had the opportunity to do a bunch of just thank you for your support cards and oh, nice. everyone I did, man. I was just thinking like I, I hope whenever you guys receive your merch, you know like we love you. Yeah. And we're so grateful for you to be a part of what God's doing at Palms and beyond. Yeah. So grateful for you listening to this podcast. Um, really, really don't take it for granted. I love people. I love pastoring people. I love being a part of your lives. I love coaching your kids. I love everything that I get to do. And just this is a cool way for you to be a part of um, things bigger than just us here, in, whether it's in the studio or on a Sunday yeah. or at Palms. Um, there's just so much more going on. So uh, listen, you're going to love everything about it. 
I promise you, you're gonna love everything about it. The shop's going live. It looks amazing. Um, I I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Hey. It's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be alive. Let me pray over you. Lord, I just thank you for each and every listener. God, I thank you for their families. I pray for peace. God, I pray that today, wherever they're at in their journey, they would know that you see them, you're with them, and that your hand is on them. If you've gone before them, that God, you are going to do in their lives what only you can. Be with them, God, help them to see that you love them. You'll never, ever leave or forsake them. We love you, God, and thank you for all that you are. And everybody said, amen. Hey, we love you. We'll see you all this Sunday. We got this Sunday, we got family reunion. Oh, yeah. Right here. Uh, we'll have baptisms online on Sunday, 9 and 1030 in between the services. But then we have a family reunion following 1030, uh, one of the parks here in VA Beach. We'll also be giving you live online all day with social. For those of you that watch online, you'll be able to stay in tune with that. It's a big weekend. Yes, it Can't is. Can't wait. Love you guys. We'll see you next week here on the podcast, Sunday, 9 and 1030, Palms Church. See y'all.